Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Impolite Company. I'm Scott Wingeter, your host. Soon, if you live in Huntsville, your home could be infested by over one million bats whose current residence is about to be torn down. Uh, with me on today's show to talk about this is, uh, I guess you could say, a new conservationist, Mr. Tommy Hoke, who's a dear friend of the show. Thank you, Scott, for having me. I hey, appreciate it. My pleasure, man. Uh, so all of this got started. Uh, I saw that on Facebook, um, what, last Saturday it was, that you started a new group and you invited me to the group, um, and it's Help Save the Bats. Right. Uh, tell me about these bats where they live, and why they could be infesting a home near you <laughs> soon. <laughs> right. Well, they're they're right in downtown Huntsville. They actually, if you're familiar with where the Walls unit is, mm -hmm. they're right next door in an abandoned warehouse. The warehouse is an old cotton warehouse built in 1937, and it's been abandoned for some time. I want to say maybe back in the 90s at least, mm -hmm. the bats started moving in, and they, their population just grew and grew, and, and now it's upwards of a million mm -hmm. Mexican free-tail bats living there. Okay. And so w what the Texas Department of Justice is, uh, they are the ones that own this building. It's an old building, like you said. It's a dangerous building. Um, it's been condemned. And uh, it also poses a danger for the people that work there who have to go in and they have to clean, clean up the bat droppings called guano. Uh, mm -hmm. which can pose a health hazard for the employees there. Um, it's obvious that the long-term, whether it's, you know, something that needs to happen right now or, you know, further down the road, that this building is condemned, it needs to go away, and the bats are going to have to be rehomed, correct? Certainly, certainly. The the building hasn't, uh, it's just been left um you know, on its own without any sort of uh, maintenance that, that's been performed. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I've been told that the prison just want, had hoped that it would just collapse. You know, if, if we don't, if we just neglect it, if we don't yeah. do anything, maybe it'll just fall in on itself and our problem will be solved. Right. Uh, and that hasn't happened. And um, there's also been an ongoing legal battle from what I understand. You know, they've tried to... Um, for years to try to get something done about the bats mm -hmm. and they just have not been successful in those efforts. And, uh, thankfully, um, but yeah, the, the building is not, I mean, it's definitely not going to last forever. And they, they have some bat houses that they built. They built eight bat houses and they're just right next door. Yeah. And the bats don't like them. Uh -huh. They, uh, I've been told that they're too hot, but for whatever reason, they have rejected in large number um, the bat houses. So they're continuing to utilize the abandoned warehouse. And the plan is that, as you said, the building's been condemned. So they have the, the legal blessing to go ahead and raise the building. Mm -hmm. And they've done, they've made efforts to um, show that they're trying to preserve the colony by building the bat houses, even though they're ineffective. But they can show that they've made efforts. Right. So they, they can tear down the warehouse, mm -hmm. but the problem is when the bats come next year, when they return after ha having migrated back south, 
which will be sometime around November. But when they come back and they find that their habitat is gone, Mm -hmm. the warehouse has been raised, they're going to immediately seek shelter wherever they can find it. Yeah, well, that was my next question, uh, and I'm going to answer my own question, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, so the question is, the bats come back from Mexico. They go they go down uh, every winter down to Mexico, right. and they come back up here in the summer. Um, uh, and so w- they come back from Mexico, and their warehouse is gone, their, their, you know, their habitat. Uh, and so the question then becomes, it's like, okay, well, where are the bats going to go now? And the answer to that question is, wherever the hell they want to go. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. They are going to, to, there's going to be a massive diaspora of bats. Right. And uh, I don't know if you're familiar, but I hadn't mentioned this on Facebook, but I think it it relates to Huntsville in in a way. It's kind of um, anecdotally suggests what will happen in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, During World War II, there were um, efforts to... um, they they talked about um, plans for a bat bomb. Have yes. you? Okay, you're familiar uh-huh. with that. Yes. Okay, so the bat bomb, it's pretty famous. And the idea was you have this, this bomb that you drive. It's shaped like a bomb casing. Mm-hmm. And inside of it, there are over a thousand hibernating bats. They they use um, ice trays to cool them. and mm-hmm. But anyways, they drop it out of a high-altitude plane, and then it reaches about a thousand feet, I believe, and a parachute comes out. The, mm-hmm. Anyways, these bats are released. And the military's plan was that the bats will find uh, tiny nooks and, and crevices because they're going to be looking for small little places that are not easy to access, you yes. know, for predators. And uh, they're going to want to go somewhere where they feel safe. And, and it's often in hard to get to places. And in World War II, um, the beauty of this for uh, the military was Many in Japan, many of the structures were made of right, right. Mm -hmm. So you could drop one of these over a a city, and what their research showed that there'd be about a forty-mile radius of bats going everywhere, and they get in people's, you know, homes, and in in Huntsville they'll be in eaves and attics, right, and um, you know, the and then they had incendiary devices. They did, they did. Uh I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah. And so there are bats going into these wooden buildings and then just, well, the project was abandoned, though, because they had something else up their sleeve. Uh, we, would, of course, right. didn't know what they had. Right, right. But, but they know, did the do Thomas testing. Yeah. And, and it was about the same time right. that napalm was invented. So there were little tubes that were glued to their chest right. filled with napalm. And um, they were shown to be very effective. But, yeah, they had they had a couple of setbacks. They had an instance where some armed bats escaped yeah and they set fire to a military base <laughs> uh, a hangar caught on fire yeah. a general's car was burned nice um but your point is this yeah. is exactly what's going to happen when they're going to go everywhere yeah and they're going to get into every little crook uh nook and cranny that they find all across the city of Huntsville. Yeah. And so if you're a resident uh, of Huntsville now you're going to have a bat infestation on your hands in your home Right. And you are going to be responsible for taking care of it financially. I mean, you're going to bear the, the financial pain of that. Of, right. Of having the bat removed. And right. And so now and then an exterminator is going to come out and he's going to do what with the bat? Capture it? Or yes. If, if there's been it's my understanding, if there's been contact with a the human, mm-hmm. there's a lab that they send it to in Houston. OK. And there is no charge um, for the city of Huntsville 
to send the bat, mm-hmm. except for they have to pay to have it transported. Mm-hmm. So whether they send it by, uh, you know, a hot shot courier uh, or whatever, yeah. they, they will have to, to pay that expense. Now, what I'm told, and it was mentioned in a city council meeting this week, is that as of now, there are about 12 calls a year mm-hmm. about 12 times a year somebody will call and say whether dead or alive i have a bat in my house or in my business and um it'll be dealt with and and that's a pretty uh you know small number i mean right. it doesn't really raise any eyebrows and and it's not of any concern really but when there's a mil- when there are a million bats that have been displaced yes i i, I fully anticipate that number is going to skyrocket and while the bats aren't necessarily dangerous, I mean, sure, they can carry rabies. Yeah. But, you know, they're in this warehouse. They're, they're really good about minding their own business. Mm-hmm. They, they, they live in the warehouse, and at night, you know, they're nocturnal insectivores. They go out, and they feast on, on insects. Yeah. How many insects a night can a bat uh, uh, population like this eat? Okay, one bat, just one bat alone can eat up to 1,000 insects an hour. Okay. And so there's a million of them. So just simple math. I mean, I mean, it's over a, over a billion easy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, they eat all sorts of, of course, mosquitoes, moths and, mm-hmm. and other insects and bugs. But what a lot of people don't realize is these bats have a huge benefit. They play a huge part of the agricultural, um, mm-hmm. ecology because in many places where bats thrive, Farmers uh, can reduce or eliminate certain pesticides. Mm-hmm. They don't have to spray as much because they don't have the bug problem because the bats are taking care of it. And you can you can read different studies that have different numbers, mm-hmm. but basically the value of bats to the U.S. agricultural economy can be measured in the billions. Hmm. Besides uh, eating tons of insects mm-hmm. every night, the bats are also very important for seed dispersal. And pollination. Yes. Yeah. So it's, I mean, so what I'm hearing you say is the bats are going to leave. Bats are going to come back. They're not going to have a home. They're going to find a new home. It's going to be in your attic. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, And then the cost of that is going to be put upon the residents of Huntsville and the ecological cost is going to be untold. Right. Right. So, if you are a, you know, county commissioner or, you know, in the city government what's or, or of Huntsville, I hope you listen to what we just said there because it's going to be placed upon your residence, this burden, this financial burden. It's going to be placed upon your jurisdiction, this financial burden, and the eco- ecological damage that it's going to do to your area Mr. Council Member, Mr. You know, County Commissioner, uh, you know, uh, County Judge, it's all going to be on you, and you have been warned that this is going to be an issue. Now, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Right. Okay. So this is this, admittedly, takes a little vision, but right. we have something truly amazing in Texas that's been done. Um, down near Johnson City, there's a place called the Bamberger Ranch Preserve. Yes. And this gentleman, Bamberger, he's a huge philanthropist, conservationist. And on his property down there, he did something really extraordinary. He built an artificial bat cave. 
I'm going, I love it. So it has to be the Batcave. The inner six-year-old child <laughs> has to call this thing the Batcave. Yes, yes. And, and it's, you know, it's purpose-built to accommodate a large colony of bats. And, uh-huh. and they, he, you know, you build it, they will come. I mean, he built it and the bats, they found it. And now they're thriving and it draws a lot of visitors. A lot of people pay to go to the Bamberger Ranch and watch the bats fly out in the evenings. Nice. And it's also, it, it, it offers educational opportunities. A lot of schools go down there and they learn about conservation. They learn about the bats and also universities have access too. So yeah. it's neat because not only is it built to accommodate the bats, but it's also built for human interaction. Nice. So, yeah. So that was my question is, so the, is there like a glass in, uh, case that you can like, you know, turn a light on and see bats or, you know, uh, down on this, in this bat cave? Is that something that, you know, is possible? Well, from, from what I've seen of it, and I haven't actually been there, right. I'm hoping to go there soon. But from what I've been able to see um, is there's a, a really nice viewing area outside the mouth of the cave. Okay. And it's kind of built into the side of a hill. All right. And um, it's just a really cool vantage to look upon the bats as they're making their exit from the cave each night. Okay. And so you've, you've seen that, at least, uh, as they exit out of the uh, um, warehouse that they're currently living in. What does that look like? Oh, it's incredible. I would encourage everybody. I mean, Huntsville um, is so close to us. I mean, if, I'm assuming, you know, if you live in, in, the, in the Conroe, Tomball, uh, I mean, it's really worth the drive, no matter where you live. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely go see it. And, you know, you might want to hurry because, uh, you know, it's, it's sad to say, but this could be the very, very well be the last season that we get to enjoy these bats. But I've stood there and I've met people from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you just stand there and the bats, they, they, just pour forth out of this window from the second story of this abandoned warehouse and they just keep coming and coming and you're there 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And, and, uh, it's just so impressive just the, how many of them there are. And that's incredible. Um, all right. So I want to go back to what you just said a second ago. You've met people outside of this cotton warehouse, uh, in Huntsville, Texas from where, I believe uh, the furthest I met somebody was Michigan. Okay. Now, I don't know. I'm sure they were they were here for other reasons, but a lot of people have heard about the bats, and mm-hmm. so when they come to Huntsville, we want to see the bats. And w- there's a visitor center in Huntsville at, by the statue, Yeah. and one of their most frequently asked questions is, where are the bats? Okay. And in the gift shop, one of their top-selling items is a little plush bat, yeah. a little bat, stuffed bat toy. So... It seems to me then, you know, you have people, whether it's directly or, or indirectly, it doesn't matter. You have people from all over the country, as you just said, coming into the, uh, to Huntsville to see these bats. It's an attraction. It is. Um, people from all over Houston, uh, like you said, that's an easy drive up 45 from our area here in Montgomery County, even Harris County. Uh, there's, I, I can't even imagine how many school children uh, that that's a potential field trip for, um, you know, sure. to come and see these bats. Um, and, 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 you know, 
Sam Houston State University's right there in Huntsville. I'm sure they could benefit from something like the Bat Cave being built somewhere near here in Huntsville uh, to give these this bat colony, and the entire colony of a million plus bats, a home. Right. The question is, where do you number one? Where do you do it? And number hmm. two, how do you how do you propose building this thing? How much is it going to cost and all that? So let's get into that. Well, those are great questions, and and I I, I can't pretend to have all the answers. Sure. Um, however, I've talked to some people that are experts, and and I one of the people I spoke with just a few mo- months ago was a man named Dr. Merlin Tuttle, mm-hmm. and and I was able to speak with him at length about this specifically. And I had lots of questions. And one concern was, will the bats find it? Does it have to be in the same location? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. You know, every night when the bats leave to go foraging, they travel 50, 60 miles mm-hmm. in distance. And he said, no, if it's in, it could be anywhere in the, in, in you know, the vicinity, vicinity of Huntsville, yeah. and they would easily find it. It wouldn't be a problem. And so... um uh, he answered quite a few questions that I had, but in the end, it really gave me a confidence that this is very doable. Right. And and I was given the assurance that, yeah, this would work. This would offer them an alternative space to live that they would find mm-hmm. and they would they would like it and they would thrive. Mm-hmm. So if we proposed to build a bat cave like at the Bamberg Ranch, um, Somewhere around uh, Huntsville, maybe Sam Houston State Forest up there uh, or the National Forest, somewhere in there that would be on protected land mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. that would be an attraction for people. Uh, and then they would still have that's right still in that same vicinity there. It, this is a no brainer to me. It's going to attract people to Huntsville. Uh, it's an attraction. It's going to bring in revenue. It's going to save the residents of Huntsville yes. untold amounts of money. And the ecological uh, you know, impact is going to remain pretty much the same. So if anything, it's going to get better for the people to do actually do some farming up there. Uh, and, you know, and how these uh, bats are going to go around killing bugs, eating bugs you know, insects, uh, and, you know, spreading seeds and, and pollinating mm-hmm, plants. Mm-hmm. This is a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, there's no reason that we look, I'm so sick and tired of government, whether it's the state government, the local government, the federal government is especially bad about this. We want to be reactionary and never proactive here we are telling you okay everyone is telling you that this is going to be a problem next year if you tear this thing down yes um and here's a solution that would be a win for the city of huntsville a win for the residents who aren't going to have to spend their already you know stressed out pocketbooks on you know getting bats removed from their house um and it's good for the bats it's a win 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 uh, for everyone involved, right? But we're just going to tear this thing down. It makes no sense. It, it's it's just crazy. I've been telling people the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody, it doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be that we lose this amazing thing. Because I've I've told people, Huntsville has something very special. It's been given. I see the bat, the bat colony as a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. What it could bring in terms of 
tourism, education, like we talked about, you mm-hmm. know, bringing schools out and, and it could be great for that. And then, of course, the, the benefits of eating all the bugs mm-hmm. and what they do for the uh, environment, like we talked about. There's so many benefits. We know it's a good thing to have the bats. Everyone knows that the bats perform a, a, a great service to the community. And, that, you know, it's why they're a protected species. Do they know? pose any danger to human beings? Very, very small. A lot of people are so scared about rabies. You know, mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things I hear. Oh, they have rabies. Uh, well, that is a possibility. But if you look at the numbers, if you look at the statistics on that, mm-hmm. I, I challenge you to find somebody that you know that, that knows anyone that's ever died from an encounter with a bat. It's, it's very rare that anyone dies from some sort of bat-related incident. More people, I think, are injured because they're scared and they're trying to get a, get away from the bat and they mm-hmm. fall and hurt themselves. But as far as dying from a, a bat related injury, like say a bite rabies, mm-hmm. you are four times more likely to be killed by a cow mm-hmm. in the United States. Yeah. And you're over three times more likely to be killed um, as a result of an icicle falling in, and hitting you. Oh, wow. An icicle related injury is yeah. more dangerous in America, sure. Than than an encounter with a bat. I mean, sure, it could happen. Animals carry diseases. Yeah. Dogs, you know. Yeah. Are dogs are I think way more dangerous of an animal dogs, than a bat. <laughs> dogs attack lots of yeah. lots of humans, and yeah. and certainly, um, I would I would agree that they could be much more dangerous. Right. So, the there is no reason then then we shouldn't try to get this plan. Right. I think I think a lot of people don't understand the benefits of bats. I think they probably just have never stopped to consider, you know, what do they offer mm-hmm. to the world? What do they bring? Right. And 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 so I think, you know, just raising awareness on the benefits of having the bats yeah. is important. Um, but then also maybe discussing some of the misconceptions or some of the things that you know, the, oh, these creepy bats, they're going to, you know, suck my blood or something. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are hundreds, uh, almost a thousand different species of bats. Mm-hmm. And and only three of them, um, you know, go after blood. Mm-hmm. And only one of them, one of those three uh, would be would have any interest in, in a human blood, but, uh, that's probably not even on our continent. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not what we're talking about. I yeah. mean, these are, uh, Mexican free tail bats. They're, they're essentially, uh, harmless where they're at. They're yeah. contained where they're at. They're, that's a perfect place to have them all together mm-hmm. and not separated out into people's homes and businesses. Now that's, that is bad because you don't want them in your home. You don't want, you know, you don't right. want to cohabitate with these things. Right. But like I said earlier, they pretty much mind their own business and they go out at night and they do their thing and they come back and, mm-hmm. and nobody's hurt. Nobody's, nobody's injured. It's, um, so how do we act? What, you know, address the audience, tell them how they can get involved and what, what it is that they can do. Okay. I think there are a number of ways. Um, I think, First of all, if if you could go on, if you're on Facebook, the name of the Facebook group group is Help Save the Bats in Huntsville, Texas. And there's also another group called the Bat Society in Huntsville. They also have a Facebook page and you can check them out as well. I've just met some of the people in the Bat Society. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I'm kind of new to conservation and, yeah. and I didn't intend on, on really, I didn't foresee getting into this, but I'm in it now. And, yeah. and, and, and I want to join forces with whoever I can. And I, and I know that there are some good people in the bat society, including one of Huntsville's city council members, mm-hmm. um, who is working hard to try to protect and save the bats. Who is that councilman? Dacry BB. Okay. And, um, Yes, she's very much in favor of of keeping the bats. And unfortunately, a lot of people in local government may lack the vision. Mm-hmm. I think people in TDC lack the will. Yeah. Um, they're rather oftentimes, from what I've encountered, um, not deeply, it seems not very deeply, truly invested in, in doing what's best for the bats. And, and uh, yeah, I think Huntsville, like I said, lacks a vision for what could be. And then a lot of people lack the awareness. And so I would ask people to share information from help save the bats in Huntsville, Texas, share that page, join the page. It's very important because right now we need to show public outcry. We need to show that Mm -hmm. people care, that people um, want to save the bats and keep them here. And, and so another thing I think we can do is contact our local politicians Mm -hmm. And so your state representatives, I would definitely send them an email, let them know that we want to save the bats and that bat, the bat county in Huntsville, Texas needs to stay. And um, Senator uh, Crichton, if you live in SD4, uh, he, he's on the um, Senate uh, Education Committee. Um, and by, you know, getting Sam Houston State University, for example, hooked up with this and having them have some research capability, that would be a great person for you to reach out to uh, and, and using that sort of as a hook, I think. Right. And I received a phone call today um, and this person told me to contact Ernest Bales. He is on um, some sort of committee mm-hmm. that um, is working directly with TDCJ from what I'm told on this very issue. So, um, actually it was on the drive over here that I learned that. So I'll be trying to contact, um, Ernest Bells, Mm -hmm. um, very soon. Cool. All right. Is there anything else that you want to say about the bats? You know, I would just say, just check out the page. I think you'll learn something. I think you'll learn, um, ex- you know, a little more, prob- maybe some stuff that you didn't know about bats and, and just how much they, they contribute, how much they benefit our world, the world around us. And, um, you know, just be proactive, you know, help us out by just join. It's simple. Just click join. It's, it's not asking too much, but at this moment, you know, just share it. Just, we've got to disseminate as much information and get it out there to as many people as we possibly can. And, you know, just hope and pray that yeah. at, the, at, the, at the end of the day that we win. That's right. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for coming on and talking about oh, thank this you. awesome issue. Uh, I really appreciate you having me. Hey, it was my pleasure, man. And uh, I, look, I, I know I'm a Republican and I know I'm supposed to hate <laughs> the environment, too. you know, and all that. But uh, I just can't help it. I like actually having, you know, a, a sustainable uh ecosystem around where i live uh seems to make sense to me yeah i I don't see this as a political conservative versus liberal issue but there are many that do right and and i think the thing that's offended me the most is i had somebody right off the bat you know online accuse me of being a tree-hugging liberal and i'm like whoa that's nothing could be further from the (laughs) truth i i can assure you that is 
that is inaccurate. Well, just because you want to save something. I mean, to me, listen to the words conservative conservationist. Uh, they have the same root work, uh, root word there, people. So, right. right. <laughs> well, Tommy, thanks again for coming on the show. Um, and we'd like to thank the doc line studios for hosting us once again. Uh, the doc line is a wonderful organization. If you have any of your business needs that, uh, are out there that need to be met, the doc line is the one-stop shop for you. C- check us out at docline the docline.com, uh, for all of your media, uh, print, uh, we have the magazine, uh, plus everything that we're doing here at the Dockline Studios. Uh, and we, I'm sure, could do something that help boost your business. Um, all right. We will see you next time on another episode of Impolite Company. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Impolite Company, presented by the Dockline. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate our podcast and leave a five-star review for us.